From Biden's ring of steel surrounding the United States Capitol to his false claims that five cops were killed during the January 1 Capitol Hill protests, we're exposing White House lies and deceptions, including some foolish recommendations on how to survive a nuclear war. Vladimir Putin doesn't escape our notice either, neither does the United Nations. I'm Martin Moyer, your host of Shout Out Patriots. I'm joined by Pastor Jason Bender and other Patriot guests. Together, we're putting the spotlight on a couple of world leaders who are running their countries like a Saturday Night Live comedy script. All right, well, welcome to Shout Out Patriots. I'm Martin Moyer, your host. I'm with Pastor Jason Bender. Say hello, Pastor. Hello, Patriots. Thank you for joining us. Our news editor at Christian Action Network, Alec Rooney. Hello, Patriots. Thanks for coming with us this evening. Joining us also is our producer, of course, Michael Moyer. Welcome back, Patriots. And off in the distance in Columbus, Ohio, is attorney David Carroll, who is the chairman of Christian Action Network, which is the sponsor of this program. Say hello, David. Welcome, Patriots. All right, so today we got a lot of different issues to go through. I don't know that we can get through them all, but I do want to start with this one because I personally found it hilarious. This came out today. The United Nations is instructing its staff not to call the war, the invasion that's going on between Russia and Ukraine, an invasion or a war. So let me read this to you. The United Nations has banned its staff from calling Russia's brutal onslaught in Ukraine an invasion or war to avoid reputational risk. Staff have, have instead been told to refer to the attack, which has forced 2 million to flee Europe's worst refugee crisis since World War II, a conflict or a military offensive. The UN's communication department also instructed staff not to add the Ukrainian flag to personnel personal or official accounts online in an email yesterday. So, in order to avoid offending Russia and its war against Ukraine, the UN staff is not allowed to call it a war. Any response from anybody? I would assume more <laughs> shock looks correct over here. Going so not, y'all expect <laughs> this world nonsense coming out of Martin. the UN. So they're giving them alternatives on how they can identify the war alternative wor words on how to identify, quote unquote. Oh, it sort of reminds me of uh, in the summer of uh, 2020 when all the riots were going around in the United States and the Associated Press sent out a memo to all of its writers not to call them riots anymore, but to call it unrest. So I guess the UN is taking a page from the AP handbook. And for some reason, I guess they think that if Biden in Moscow, here's the UN calling this invasion, oh, excuse me, calling this conflict <laughs> an invasion. This unpleasantness. <laughs> or a war, he's going to do what? Send a nuke their way? I mean, what are they so afraid of? I, I think the UN is afraid of having maybe discord break out at one of their cocktail parties. Because <laughs> they've go. got a really good gig there. They get paid a lot, all this status and stuff. And then, you know, you can't have things like, you know, People accusing, you know, the Russian guy next to you who's, you know, chatting with you of, you know, 
Sure. Yeah, really. The they war. don't want to hurt Russians' feelings. They don't. They don't like hurting people's feelings. That's the worst it thing ever. It ruins the party for them. But I don't understand if you call it a conflict or a military offensive, how somehow that would hurt your feelings more than calling it an invasion. Well, I mean, they, what's it? It's a military offensive. It's okay. An invasion is somehow more offensive to Putin than military offensive. Invasion just sounds kind of judgy, I guess. And you wonder <laughs> why Putin looks at the rest of the world and sees these people are a bunch of wimps. They're scared of me. You know, they are so afraid of me, they won't call my war a war unless <laughs> they risk offending the almighty bear. That headline, Marty, it said they don't want to anger the Russians, right? And risk correct. of anger. I think they've invaded the country. Yeah. What are they going to do? I think they're kind of angry at this point, right? <laughs> well, they didn't <laughs> we're, invade we're the country. The, don't they didn't don't upset them. It was a military <laughs> conflict. No, you are not sorry. getting this memo, sorry, are you, bastard? <laughs> you guys can kick me off the show now. How in the world do you ever interpret the Bible? You know, are you going to go through the Bible now and start changing I, I, I words? miscontextualize yeah. a lot. Yeah. Oh <laughs> All right. Talk about saying stupid things. We're going to talk about Joe Biden and his declaration that the Capitol Hill protesters on January 6th somehow killed five cops. Let's hear it from his own words. How would you feel if you saw crowds storm and break down the doors of the British Parliament, kill five cops, injure 145, or the German Bundestag, or the Italian parliament. I think you'd wonder. Well, that's what the rest of the world saw. Well, he's a boring speaker. Anyway, Biden was saying that to explain to the American people why Putin decided to invade. Invade, is that the correct in, terminology? Yes, well, for <laughs> us, he invaded Ukraine. To take action involving Ukraine. It's an offensive conflict. Still, nevertheless, uh, that's the craziness of the U.N., but also the craziness of Biden is trying to explain to the American people that the reason why Putin did this is because he was looking out and he saw what happened in Washington, D.C., decided that we were a country that was already failing, already under attack, and we would be so preoccupied with the Trump revolutionists out there that he could take advantage of that and invade Ukraine. Now, mind you, Putin didn't come to this conclusion when Black Lives Matter and Atifa were doing riots, right? Not during in the, Chicago. During that summer of love. Yeah, during right? the summer of love, not when they were rioting in Chicago or in, in Minneapolis, only when it happened on January 1. So who did die that day? Okay, so Ashley Babbitt, we all know she died from a Capitol Hill policeman who shot her. She was the only one who actually was killed. Who was killed. That day. Uh, Kevin Greeson and Benjamin Phillips, both of them died of natural causes, according to the medical examiner of cardiovascular disease. Roseanne Boylan died from acute ephetamine, I can't say it, ephetamine, uh, intoxication. Right, it's an accidental overdose. And Capitol Hill police officer Brian Sicknick, he died later after suffering two strokes, according to medical examiner. And and even though he was uh, the victim of some chemical irritants, the medical examiner determined that those irritants had nothing to do with his death, 
deaths, and he also suffered no other internal or external injuries that day on the Capitol. So when we're now in a position where you can't trust anything that's coming out of Biden's mouth, out of the uh, Biden administration's lips, how are we then supposed to believe anything about what they're saying about this war? Well, how, how can you believe anything that they're saying anyway? If you've watched the news and seen how many things they've gotten wrong and how, th- how many things have been uh, misreported, then it, it doesn't matter if you want to support the Ukrainians as much as you can. When they co- keep coming out with all this stuff that isn't true, like Miss Ukraine and her fake, uh, what is it, uh, yeah, paintball rifle, and like she's she's joining the war effort, and then you find out that it's not, and and you know the ghost uh, pilot and all these different stories that they came out with to try to I guess generate support for the Ukrainian people amongst what I guess is America and the world. Uh, all these things coming out as not being true really, really just it it disturbs me and I don't see how it helps anybody support what's going on. Well, today a poll was released and it revealed that 56% of Americans blame Biden's chaotic Afghanistan withdrawal for Putin's invasion of Ukraine. And more than half believe the Russian leader will use nuclear weapons, according to this new poll. So Biden went out and he tried to convince the American people that it wasn't him. It wasn't the Afghanistan withdrawal. It wasn't all the other uh, liberal riots that went on in the United States, but it was the Capitol Hill protesters. It was Trump. And that it was Trump. <laughs> That's basically what and, he's saying. And his followers. Right, and his followers. Trump is his followers. I mean. <laughs> so uh, his efforts to convince the American people that you know the blame really goes to Trump supporters seems to have fallen flat on the rest of the, of America. But it does really reflect this, the, the left's regard of truth, because they really don't believe in the whole concept of truth. The truth is whatever you can get people to believe. And if ca- throwing out a casual lie like that helps, helps his case, he's going to do it, no matter what it looks like. Well, you know, I'm looking at this thinking it's not just a casual lie, it's actually defamation, right? Right, because casual he's basically sounding, saying. Those that entered the Capitol Hill that day killed five cops. Now, how he came up with five cops, right? That's a big claim. Right. Now, how's he coming about this five cops stuff to start with? Because only five people died. Right. At, you know, they are directly traced back to that day. One was a policeman who died later. Several of the suicides, by four suicides, could be linked to what happened that day. That's what, and and in fact, it'd be interesting to find out what made those those people. I think they were all men. They were all men. uh, I'm having a hard time, Alec, digesting and believing that a Capitol Hill police officer defending the Capitol that day and saw the failure of the Capitol Hill police in order to protect it was so despondent after that that. They committed suicide. I I just don't believe it. I don't I don't believe that's why they committed suicide. And of course, the media is never going to go out on a limb and try to figure out what was the cause of these suicides. I second that, by the way, because I I don't believe that there's any way that those cops killed themselves because they failed to protect the capital. If anything, I think they saw how they treated people after they let them in and know what the media is doing to them afterwards. Now that might be my bias. 
but I do believe that, I mean, if I, if I was there and I let these people in and then saw what was happening to them afterwards. If I realized the kind of leadership that I was serving after I took this job to, to defend this noble national landmark, and suddenly I find out that I'm basically working for a bunch of just incredible, incredibly corrupt liars to the point of, you know, almost beating the crap out of people. I guess. I bet. I don't even believe they committed suicide over that. You know, there were probably family issues that are going on or someone was already right. suicidal to begin with. Right. And, and the Capitol Hill police yeah. better do a better job of screening the officers that come work for them. Yeah. I mean, how many suicides, cop suicides happened in New York City last year? It was almost two dozen a cops fair amount. Yeah. killed themselves over right. the last few years right. in New York City. You know, are, are these people killing themselves because they let a trespasser go into the store, steal some stuff, walk out, and they, you know, didn't catch them, or they yeah. caught them, and then all of a sudden the revolving door, the police departments, well, you know, let them back out, and they said, I can't take it anymore, I'm going to go shoot myself? Regardless or- of why they did it, it was still just an outrageous lie that he told, and... And it, it just reflects his basic hatred for everyday Americans, I think. And, so, think. and think about this, though. Let me just say this. Speaking of false claims, imagine if that was Donald J. Trump oh. making that false claim. Oh, yeah. Imagine the outrage, right? right? But the more than the, that the left can confuse the American public, the more we're going to live in fear, not us as patriots here and those, our listeners listening, but the, the average American public who aren't in the know, they're going to be living in fear and they're going to be relying more on the government. Right. So it's a great strategy. Right. It's a great strategy for them. Well, and it I, may be a great strategy, but uh, they weren't able to convince 56% of Americans that that is what caused Putin to start this war in Ukraine. David, I want to ask you a question as an attorney. So you have all these uh, people that are in jail uh, who have been accused, at least uh, legally, of being a part of this Capitol Hill riot. These are the very people that Biden is referring to that killed five cops that day, which they did not kill five cops that day. Could these people possibly have a defamation, class action defamation lawsuit against Biden for making that claim? Well, same as that young man, uh, who was accused by CNN and other people of uh, uh, Nicholas Sandman. And he brought a defamation suit and was successful. I don't see why these people couldn't as well. Kyle Rittenhouse is going to do it too. I mean, that would be major news, wouldn't it? If uh, 700 people who were arrested that day uh, filed a defamation lawsuit against uh, Joe Biden that would for be, that would be claiming that thing to see. they killed five cops that day. I'd like to see it. I would like to see it, and too. We should take a look, too, at the one officer who did fire a round that hit someone and made them bleed to death, um, who was the Capitol Hill police officer, who, you know, there were hundreds of thousands of people there that day and all these cops and all these weapons, and somehow he was the only one who pulled his trigger. Why is that? And when you make a claim like that, you have no regard for the victim's families, right? Imagine what yeah. they're going through, and now you're falsifying how... They got killed. How you know all these crimes that happened? It. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 really sinful and, and so immoral. And well, that's my point is that you would think someone in the media will follow up on that lie, go talk to the uh, families of the four officers that committed suicide, and say, did any of them leave a suicide note later on that blamed these rioters for? 
they're a suicide. Thanks for pointing that out, because this is such a failure of the media. I mean, they should have been yelling at that speech, Adam. And like Jason said, if that had been Trump telling a whopper like that, they would have been jumping out of their chairs. Saying, what did you just say? Killed five cops? Yeah, rightfully so, by the way. I mean, that's what they should have done. Unfortunately, the media in this country primarily is uh, uh, merely the propaganda arm of the Democratic Party. So their job is to cover up gaffes and to gloss over untruthfulness by the president. And it goes back to last week's episode, right? When we talked about Psalm 11, how the wicked bend their bow. So the media, the left, all these bad actors, they're bending their bow. They have that arrow ready just to to shoot and pounce on anybody at any time. Yeah, with lies. And, you know, Satan is the father of all lies. So, you know, that's what's on the tip of those arrows is lie after lie after lie and an attempt to gaslight the American people to believe the way they want them to believe. I'm just glad to see that some of these polls, it's not working. Yeah. That Americans are right. rejecting yeah. uh, this gaslighting lies that's coming out of this uh, administration. And Joe Biden's got this reputation too, this history going back decades of just casually lying. Yeah. And he lies to like try to get an audience on his side, like he's talking to a trucker. Casually? Yeah, if he's talking to a trucker, he's like, oh, that's back when, when, back when I drove an 18-wheeler, so-and-so. And, you know, if he was talking to Jason, Pastor Jason here, he'd probably say like, oh, well, back when I was running my own church. And turns out he never ran his own church. Maybe he went to church once. And- uh, I, I, I'm thinking uh, 20 years ago, after all the lies. Actually, he did run for president 20-some-odd years ago, didn't he? And he couldn't actually stay in the race because of his lies? Because right. of the plagiarism thing. Yeah, because of the plagiarism. And now, uh, apparently, our standards have dropped so low that you know, he's, he's going to get more votes than anybody in the history. In the history. Yeah, in the Ever. history. Right. <laughs> I, I don't know. You can check your head all you want about that. Um, all right, so we know that uh, Putin did not raid Ukraine because of what happened on January 6th. That just doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, and we may, it may be a while before we know exactly what his real intentions are. I don't know that I believe that it's, he, he's only focused on Ukraine and Ukraine only. I think he has bigger ambitions than just Ukraine. So, but we do know this, we do know he wants Ukraine. Uh, and one of the other things we know about Putin is that he is dreadfully fearful of catching COVID, dreadfully fearful of catching it. So here's an article or a statement from the Daily Mail on February 27th about how scared he really is. Putin requires his inner circle to present fecal samples several times a week and isolate for two weeks before having a face-to-face meeting with Putin. That's how afraid he is of catching (laughs) COVID. Maybe he's just doing it to mess with them. (laughs) Maybe so. But we also have some pictures here that show how afraid he is of catching COVID. And our first picture Here is Putin meeting with uh, German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. That's a serious social distancing. But but it gets worse than that. It's a great air hockey table. (laughs) So let's show the next picture of him meeting with his foreign minister. Look at that. I mean, I don't even know how they can talk to each other. That's hard. It's another zip code. (laughs) All right. So he's also afraid of his defense minister. And his general staff, look at them, all the way down at the end of the table. <laughs> Wasn't there some James Bond movie where the guy had a pistol mounted underneath the underneath the long table with a barrel going all the way to the other chair? All the chair? way to the other oh, table. Yeah. 
All right, so uh, these pictures would indicate that he's very fearful of catching COVID and also the fact that, uh, you know, his inner circle has to turn over fecal samples and get them tested and isolate for two weeks. But apparently, he does have a way of resisting COVID if he surrounds himself by five oh. beautiful flight attendants from aeroplanes And pilots. And maybe, pilots. Is it, maybe it's the pollen in the flowers. That, that keep the COVID back. <laughs> is that what it is? You think? Could could be. It's just a hunch. You just get to choose who you uh, social distance with. Yeah, he doesn't even have to wear a face mask. He looks very happy there. You can see him cracking a smile. Well, they He's all got a beautiful mistress. Are, I don't huh? know if you ever saw her. But. <laughs> well, he gets to talk to people without shouting. All right, so is that the new uh, standard that we should have in America is either face masks Social distance or surround yourself by five <laughs> beautiful women. Finally, a <laughs> strategy I can get behind. <laughs> I don't need a mask. These women are beautiful. <laughs> Ditch the fecal samples. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Talk about keeping people away. Uh, during the State of the Union address, uh, once again, the Capitol Police decided to erect a ring of steel around the Capitol. There's what the ring of steel. That's how it's... Uh, plotted out and here are some pictures of the ring of steel around the around the capitol and all this was because of some suspicion that there would be protesters showing up during the state of union address they thought maybe some of the truckers would arrive early and cause some violence and they spent all this money to erect the ring of steel once more and also put 700 national guard members on alert in case they were needed in, in an emergency. So, you know, I'm getting very concerned about this. I, let me read you a quote from someone who's not really uh, much of a friend to the conservative movement, and uh, that is Eleanor uh, Holmes. Eleanor Holmes Norton. I understand the security concerns related to the trucker convoy in the State of the Union address that led to the fencing temporarily reinstalled around the Capitol. However, I will ensure that the fencing comes down as soon as possible to restore freedom of movement for District of Columbia residents and the general public. So um, she, she kind of makes a statement that it's okay for, you know, residents, you know, to have access to the Capitol and, you know, its grounds. But if you're a trucker convoy, then an exception can be made at times to erect a fence around the Capitol. Now, this fence, whether you want to think of it as symbolic, a way that uh, Biden and his people can continue to make this false claim that conservative Trump supporters, Republicans are very dangerous people, or whether they have a genuine fear that these are dangerous people and they have to have the National Guard on alert and kind of erect these fence, uh, regardless of that, it is sending out a message to Americans to be afraid to go to the Capitol Hill to meet with your member of Congress and state your opposition to some of the policies. Now, here's a statement from uh, Brian Braze, the organizer of the Truckers People's Convoy. Uh, he told the assembled crowd at Hagerstown Speedway Monday morning regarding going into Washington, D.C. with those trucks. Quote, I am fearful 
Myself and the organizers are fearful of them trying to do to us what they did to those involved in January 6th. It is our belief that they will try to do that. I have to worry about the safety of the children that are in this convoy. I have to worry about the safety of each and every single one of you. And I don't want that on my conscience that I brought people down here and bad stuff happened. I mean, this is the United States of America where people are now afraid to visit Capitol Hill because guns may be pointed at them when they get there because they're opposed to vaccine mandates, right? Because that's what this trucker convoy started off being. I know they've expanded what their uh, demands are now to include, you know, uh, uh, getting rid of critical race theory in the public schools uh, and a few other minor issues. But basically their main goal was to say, we are done with social distancing. We're done with these mandated uh, vaccines that we have to take. We're done with face masks. I think a big part of the all the whole depressurization of COVID that we've seen in the last couple of weeks has to do with this trucker convoy and kind of trying to deflate them, take the wind out of their sails. They're starting to make their point. Because we saw it happened in Canada and the powers that be saw what happened in Canada. And they said, maybe it's time to, uh, maybe the COVID thing is maybe we've pretty much played this hand for all we've, all we can play it for. We better pull it back and just kind of defuse this whole trucker convoy thing. Well, I think they're pulling it back because the November elections are coming up and they know that people are upset and hate that, these mandates. Oh, yeah. And that's, a, that's a topic for another show. Yeah. It's like, yeah. how exactly are they going to keep these elections from happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because these elections are not looking good for the day. But I don't think they're afraid of the truckers. I, I think, you know, uh, when you start erecting fences up because of the truckers and you threaten to call out 700 National Guard armed members, if you show up there, you're going to be staring down the barrel of a gun to make your point about vaccine that's, mandates. That's what happened right after the right after January 6th, you'll remember, is that's when that fence went up the first time. Right. And um, that fence was already sitting somewhere at some storage yard, all that fencing. It had already been prepared before January 6th ever happened. So you kind of have to wonder why, why, who contracted to make that fence and what were they intending to do with it before January 6th happened? Well, I give praise to the truckers because, uh, well, in one case, they are going to uh, D.C., I believe. Uh, uh, for people listening in, uh, you will see this episode about a week from the time that we're recording it right now. Uh, so when I say tomorrow, that doesn't mean your tomorrow when you're watching this. It means our tomorrow as we're recording this. Uh, they plan on going in tomorrow to meet with Senator Ted Cruz. Uh, but I think it's only going to be about 10 of them, not the entire yeah. convoy. Haven't they been driving the Beltways really slowly for a couple of days? Or? They've been traveling around the Beltway. No uh, I think they're, they're making um, uh, two circles a day around the Beltway, and, uh, and that's about it. Uh, but we're in a situation now where in America, in our country, I, I just can't comprehend the fact that you would be faced with a gun pointed at you if you organize a bunch of protesters to go to Capitol Hill. We're not even talking to the White House here. We're talking about going to Capitol Hill. Nancy Pelosi says you can't do it. Maybe it's just uh, people never paid attention to history or they don't know what America is or how it was founded and how it was built. But the idea that they would actually have to gate off the Capitol to prevent its people from coming is something that flies in the face of any other uh, democracy or or 
if America, if you thought America would have to do this to its people, that would have to guard all their politicians from the people, you would no longer consider it America. I mean, because that's not that's not something that Americans should have to deal with. We we pay for that. You know, we put these people in office, and if they're if we want to be in their face and protest, that's what we can do. Right? We can't do violent things, but uh, protests we can, and they can't block us out from it. And that's our that's our capital. It's nobody else's capital. It's not it's not the politicians' capital. It's called the people's house. Yeah. Right. It's it, not Nancy it's Pelosi's ours. house. Right. Yeah. And and it's like these people they don't understand. Like uh, that. You know what? That's another reason why these schools matter so much is because if you don't teach people that this is actually your government, you pay for it, you own it, it's yours. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll just do whatever the government says and be the sheeple that people are being nowadays. I, well, I wonder if Putin looked at the, um, uh, the inauguration last year when the war, that Ring of Steel was first there and there were people with machine guns standing outside, looked at it and said, well, you know, they're no different than me. They'll understand what I'm doing. This is what we do over here in Russia. In Moscow, we do this. That's what they're doing over there. These are our friends now. They won't mind if we invade <laughs> the Ukraine because they'll completely understand. This is how governments work. But, my, but Michael, these, these tyrants, right, these communists that are now running our country, they do, they do understand. They know exactly what they're doing, right? This is a nation that was founded on freedom and liberty, and now, unfortunately, we've come to a point where we have to fight for our freedom and for our liberty. And, um, you know, they've created these false narratives and now it, they can justify what they're doing with this fence because of the insurrection on one six. And now these evil truckers are coming to fight for freedom. And now we don't want them anywhere near us. There Only is no justification. In the case of January 6th. But, they, but in their mind, it, it is. No, there, no, there is no justification for for their uh, actions. There's there's none. This is our country. Right. They they don't there's there's not a situation unless they're at war and they're not. They haven't declared war at anybody. There's no justification to cut the capital off from the people that pay for it. Other than retroactively trying to turn January sixth into a bloody revolution. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying tried to do at every yeah, turn. And I'm not saying lo logically justifying. I'm saying in right, their in their minds that's how they're justifying this. And what they're looking to do is they're trying to rewrite our constitution. I mean, the people are in power. We, the people are in power and we should be able to go to our government for a redress of grievances. Right. Of grievances. Yeah. And, and they're trying to, to just get that out and destroy it. Liberty is the linchpin of the founding of this country, liberty and what we have to remember is it's going to be, and always has been, a constant fight to maintain it. Seems like a losing battle sometimes, but we have to keep fighting. We have to keep fighting to maintain the liberty of this country because that is the foundation. It's not safety. It's, it's not economics. It's not anything else. It's liberty. I just wonder if legally the government can prevent you from walking up to the U.S. Capitol. I just want to, where, where did this law come about that all of a sudden they can close off to people's house at will and say, you can't come up, we're going to put a fence up and we're going to point guns at you. I, I, David, I, I don't see anywhere where legally they have uh, the right to do that. 
Now, what are they, they're going to claim, right, that, well, we're doing this because of the threat. But you would think a judge would have to sign off on that threat. They'd have to convince a judge that the threat was that imminent in order to put up a ring of steel around the Capitol and point guns at people. Well, I think the opposite is true. I think the way it actually works is, is the people would have to persuade the judge that the protections being put in place are unreasonable. I mean, there's no question, for example, they can lock the doors at night when everybody goes home. I mean, everybody would agree to that. The question is, how far out are those barriers? And during what times and periods would the Capitol building be off limits to the American people? And the, the trouble is, in a situation like that, the, the law is whatever a judge says it is. And I don't know that anyone's even attempted to challenge it. I think it would be really interesting to take a little group of people just up to the up to the fence, up to the nearest law enforcement, up to the nearest gap in the fence and say, do you mind if we come in and just take a few pictures? We're sightseers. Right. And see if they let you in. And if they don't let you in, you say, why not? We're just here to take pictures. We're obviously not here to, to take over the government. Yeah, I don't know how they can keep you out of it. Let's I, do I really it, don't. Let's get up there and do it. You know, it, it seems to me they would have to have convince <laughs> the judge that they <laughs> have a right part. to do uh, interfere with your rights as a, a citizen of this country to say that you cannot go into the United States Capitol. Really force their hand, force them to say, no, you, you as a United States citizen are not allowed in these Capitol grounds. All right. Also today. According to Fox News, U.S. intelligence officials said Tuesday that the nuclear threat from Russia is likely and increasing as the invasion of Ukraine continues for a second week. Now, the Biden administration has updated their webpage as to what we should all do in case that nuclear war does happen on our soil. So, Michael, can you pull up this recommendation? So I'm going to read it to you. Stay inside for 24 hours unless local authorities provide other instructions. Continue to practice social distancing by wearing a face mask and by keeping a distance of at least six feet between yourself and people who are not part of your household. So this is what you do <laughs> if a nuclear bomb lands in your neighborhood. Make sure you get your face mask because that's going to protect you. And make sure that you social... Di when did nukes... <laughs> and that's just not good hospitality, right? You let somebody in your house... with a straight face. I know. You let somebody in your household who's not of your household and you're social distancing from them? That's not good hospitality. I know, especially if <laughs> the nukes are strong. Right. It's not don't even have me over if you're not going to... like. Can you okay. imagine someone outside, the nukes on the way, and they just want to go into your house and you look around and go, I'm sorry, but you can't come in because we got... Already enough people here have social distancing. We're worried about COVID. From six feet I, I don't away. have a mask. And do you I don't have, have an mask? extra mask for you. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't I have can't a mask accommodate for you. You have to stay outside. To you know, be fair, I haven't seen a nuclear bomb ever, but uh, from what I know of them, uh, a face mask is not going to help you at all from them. It was that thing that they that you read, Marty. Was that actually was that a COVID guideline or was that like a no, nuclear that, attack? That guideline? is under a nuclear attack. What to do? What, what, what you're just a social attack. distance? That's what it said. I'm what reading it directly from, from ready.gov. Ready.gov. An official United States uh, government webpage. And then some intern wrote that. Some intern read it? I'm sure. Well, I mean, re can you do, would you mind reading it again? Uh, I sure. I can't see it from here. 
continue to practice social distancing by wearing a face mask yeah. and by keeping a distance of at least six feet between yourself and people who are not part of your household. And this is under the heading, the nuclear attack. Yeah. So, but first it says stay inside for 24 hours unless local authorities provide other instructions. Yeah. Do you see how they reiterate social distancing twice there? Continue social distancing while you're wearing a mask and keep six feet away from those who aren't of your household. Yeah, who are not a part of your household. Yeah. The Putin, the Putin social distance they're looking <laughs> yeah. to institute. Right, we can't all do that. If I'm being generous, it's, uh, I, I would say that they're saying how to deal with a nuclear strike and COVID at the same time, right? But if you do read it that way, which is the way that I'm sure that they're thinking of it, uh, you would say basically do nothing because of the nuclear strike. Just keep doing what you're doing inside the house. <laughs> well, you know, uh, the fallout might get you, but the COVID will not. Yeah. What if you happen to be at a Black Lives Matter rally? Oh, no, you're fine. Then you're fine. And yeah. they'll still yeah. consider Absolutely. the COVID death. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. Well, there are I, all these boils on their skin. I don't know. I'm <laughs> thinking 40 if, million people suddenly died of COVID <laughs> yesterday. If we could, any one of us could read Russian and we looked at their website as to what to do during a nuclear attack, it would say, Continue to practice social distancing by wearing a face mask and turn in your fecal material. Stay at least six feet between yourself and people who are not part of your household and surround yourself by five beautiful flight attendants. Yes. <laughs> hey, during a, a nuclear attack, there's probably going to be a lot of fecal matter. Yeah, probably so. <laughs> in that house. Lots for testing. That's for sure. All right. Final subject today. Uh, the question of a no-fly zone over Ukraine. Now, that's, that's a controversial subject. I, I'm sure that we probably have different opinions about whether we should have that or not have that. But apparently, most Americans think we should have a no-fly zone over Ukraine. It's like 74% of Americans said, yes, let's so, put one up there. And whose poll was this? Uh, I, I don't have that right in front of me, but it's, uh, you know. It was a poll. It, it's a poll. It's yeah. been all over the news the last couple of days. Uh, with, uh, you know, some commentators questioning these people who are advocating that, do they really know the consequence? If, if well, we yeah, you need to define what is a no fly zone. And I wonder how many were pulled. I don't know. But, but regardless of them, I want to know what you all think. For, it's like, well, the, on, on D-Day, the Germans did their best to make the coast of France into a no walk zone. I think the issue is not just whether there's going to be a no fly zone, but whether the United States will enforce a no-fly zone for Ukraine to prevent uh, Russian military aircraft over, the, over it. I think that's what the issue is, not so much whether there's a no-fly zone at all. I assume that the Ukraine wants there to be a no-fly zone for Russian aircraft anyway. So the question is, are we going to be the enforcers, or is somebody in NATO other than us going to be the enforcers of this this? Uh, no fly zone. Well, Very if, dangerous thing. if Biden is the one that's saying we are issuing a no fly zone over Ukraine, then you would think that also means the United States is the one that's going to be enforcing it. I mean, that's Biden talking. He can't tell Germans what to do or yeah, England what to do. That just amounts to the United States shooting down Russian warplanes. Okay, so again, let's poll. Pastor, favor of a no fly zone enforced by America over Ukraine, yes or no? I'm going to say no. Alec? Absolutely not. Michael? 
It's difficult. I, I'm, I'm going to say no, but I mean, only because I wouldn't. But if I felt like I wanted to go after Russia, then I wouldn't care. David, what about you? I say no. Wow. So, man, you guys aren't like the American people at all. What say you? Well, I've read uh, uh, articles by those who say we should not and articles by those who say we should. And I guess I'm leaning that uh, we should enforce a no-fly zone over Ukraine. And we're at war with Russia. And then we're at war with Russia. And I think the argument uh, of those, all the ones I read that convinced me the most is that the United States should never be held by nuclear blackmail. That once we say we're not going to fly those planes over because we risk a nuclear war, that China will take advantage of that. Russia and Putin will continue to take advantage of that. And once he's done with Ukraine, he knows that strategy works. Well, then let's go for Poland. Let's go for Romania. And let's always throw that nuclear threat in their face, that mutually assured destruction thing. Those weak-kneed Americans who get offended if you call a guy, a, a, a transgender guy, a he or a she, those people are so fearful of a nuclear war, I can now just walk all over Europe. So I think that argument, among all the ones that I read, convinced me the most that uh, we need to stand up to this bully. We need to challenge him and see if he really will throw a nuke out at us, because if he does, we throw nukes back at him. But I don't like the idea that we are now going to set a stage where at any time a dictator like Iran who eventually will get nukes, uh, can then blackmail us by saying, do what I want or I'm going to throw a nuke your way. I'm going to conquer as much territory as I'll go after Israel. Guess what? I will go after it. And you know Iran wants to go after Israel. They have nukes and they'll be like, hey, well, what's America going to do? I'll just threaten them with a bomb. That's a little different from Putin going after Ukraine, though. So, uh, Marty, I have to say that, and I, I hate saying this, I hate thinking this, but after the disastrous departure from Afghanistan and the comments of our woke Pentagon, I'm not sure that I have confidence in our woke Pentagon to do a good job on anything, particularly something that is liable to provoke a war with another country. Now, now, David, you're talking about our military who, in their wisdom, told... Joe Biden, that the greatest threat facing the United States today is climate change. Those are the ones that you don't think can handle a nuclear blast uh, and war against, you know, Russia. You got it. All right. Does anybody have any final comments? Anybody got any final comments before we have to sign off? I think we're running well over our time today. Yeah, I didn't know when to actually, you know, give us the uh, warning warning because of the whole hiccup earlier. But... uh, I'm sure we went a little bit over. Yeah, so those who are watching earlier this evening, and if you're watching this uh, uh, on the podcast, you probably won't see it, but we had a technical glitch that knocked out our computers and our equipment. We had to shut down production for a little bit, bring everything back up online. So we have lost track of time because of our efforts to restore this podcast. But if uh, uh, here's what I want you to do if you're watching or listening is please share this podcast with your friends. Uh, we like what we're doing here. We think we're bringing good information, some insights uh, that you're not going to get in the mainstream media. 
Um, and we're talking about issues that you're not going to hear in the mainstream media. So the way that we survive and the way that we grow is that uh, you share our podcast if you like what you're listening to. And uh, thank you for your support in doing so. So that's it from the Shout Out Patriot team. Uh, we will talk to you later next week. Bye-bye now.